Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Hoop Genius Podcast. BJ Armstrong is back in the building. Took a little week off. We were joined by Mr. Spencer Dinwiddie. I just want to start off by saying thank you to everyone showing love. We shot up to number two in the basketball podcast charts. We're going for that number one spot. So right now, make sure you subscribe, share it with a friend, share it with your mum, your dad, your sister, your cat, whoever. Just make sure they're listening. <laughs> we're trying to get to number one, baby. BJ, how are you doing, my brother? I'm doing great, my man. It's been a great week of basketball. We got a lot to talk about. We got a lot of things. <laughs> go on. I'll, I'll let you go off because, because if you guys watched the Heat Check show, we had to make some predictions for some of the games this weekend. Oh, what did we make? I didn't and, hear. I can't, and, I can't recall. That was the last week. And... Um, and BJ predicted that the, the Celtics would lose to the Washington Wizards. And here we are. <laughs> I'm going to let you do a victory lap. Go through, my brother. No, no, no. It's, it's early in the season. Early in the season. Great game, though. Amazing game. I want to know, though, this is the third or fourth Celtics overtime game this season so far. They've played five games, and like three or four of them have gone to overtime. Especially with older players like Al Horford, that's not ideal for a team. Well, watching the Celtics, you got to give them credit. They are competing. According to you on Heat Check last week, <laughs> everyone's just getting adjusted. Yeah. Everyone's getting adjusted. So I'm going to ask the Celtics fans, the C's, as you guys go by, how do you think the team is coming? How 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 are they adjusting right now? Well, today, we're recording this on Monday, and tonight's game is against BJ's old squad, the Chicago Bulls. Is the first time the Celtics have had a fully healthy roster with nobody on the injury list since... Well, this season is the first time, and even last season, I don't know if they ever had a game where someone wasn't out injured. Obviously, the game against the Wizards, double OT, I'm watching... With all due respect, Josh Richardson playing the fourth quarter and two overtime periods. I don't know how I feel about that. Al Horford, to his credit, came up with six blocks in a game for everyone saying he's yes, finished he and he's watched because there was no Time Lord there. So add Smart and Time Lord back into that mix and I'm feeling quite nice. Having said that, you can see that there are issues. There's times when they're coming down the court and there's... The communication isn't there in terms of, all right, what are we going to go with, especially down the stretch in that double overtime game? There were times when I could see Ime Odoka calling out a play or something, but then the players were running into, I don't know what they know from before, or it's going to take some time for the pieces to fit. My question to you, BJ, is the Soics haven't got off to a great start. The Lakers haven't got off to a great start. The Nets haven't got off to a great start. How many games does it take before you start actually getting worried about teams, especially teams like the Nets and the Lakers that should be competing for a championship or teams like the Celtics who should be up there battling for good playoff position? How many games do you wait before you start to say, hold on, maybe let's start looking at changing some of this or maybe let's press the panic button a little bit. How many games does that take? Well, Mo, that's a great question. The last two seasons, Mo, have been a huge adjustment for the players, the coaches, executives, us fans, because of the shortened season. The season was cut short, if you recall, by the pandemic 
when they initially interrupted the season and then they began and they restarted the season in the bubble. Then they had a month or so off before the 72 game shortened season that we had last year. And now here we are, Mo, in really the third season, which seems like it's just been one giant season Mm -hmm. where now we have a regular traditional 82 game schedule. Under normal conditions, under normal circumstances like we are currently under right now, you know, I always take 25 games. That's kind of been the standard or quota to figure out who you're going to be, the rotations, you get yourself around the league, but more importantly, how you're going to defend teams and how teams are going to defend you. So 25 games, Mo, has been kind of the standard since I've come into this league of figuring out what's really going on with your team because, Mo, it's not a sprint. Now, we've been playing the last two seasons. It's been a very unusual set of circumstances that uh, that's really, really adjusted the way the players are playing, right? Whether they were playing on the road, they were playing in the buildings. Mo, we can't forget without fans. Mm-hmm. The fans are just getting back in the building and you're beginning to see guys beginning to play in some type of rhythm. You know, it's, 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 it's all about the rhythm. So I'm going to give guys 25 games before I figure out and say who's who and what's what. You know, you look at Milwaukee. Milwaukee is still trying to get healthy. You know, you talk about the Celtics right now. I agree with you, Mo. I think if, if Marcus Smart and the Time Lord and these guys are playing, maybe it affects the outcome of that game, even though it's hard for me to say that. <laughs> it's uh but i i really believe it's going to take time because when you have new coaches new players new team like the lakers it's, you got to let these guys get adjusted and you have to let these guys figure out the chemistry but more importantly you got to figure out who's going to be the leader who's going to be the secondary guy who's going to be the 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 emotional leader the, the you know and all of these things so 25 games is for me has been the standard of which i began to evaluate and make an assessment of a team. So right now at this time of recording, most teams have played about six games. And yes, I want to look at the Eastern Conference to begin with because the fans in New York City, they'd be going crazy. And it's not yes, for the they Nets. are. The fans in Chicago, they've been going crazy. Yes, they are. The fans in Miami, not very strong fan base considering they don't really turn up for games on time and they always leave early. But I imagine the hardcore fans have been going crazy. And then possibly the biggest surprise of all, shout out to the guest last week on the show, Mr. Spencer Dinwiddie, the Washington Wizards. All four of those teams are five and one. Which of those teams do you see maintaining their fine form? Which teams do you see dropping off a bit? Because for me, looking at the way the Miami Heat are playing basketball, we could be looking at a Miami-Milwaukee Eastern Conference Finals. So we have Miami, we have the Wizards. The Bulls and the we Knicks. We have the Knicks. Mm-hmm. I, I think out of all of those teams, Miami will be the team that will be able to sustain this for the entirety of the season. Miami have veterans. I think they will pace themselves. But more importantly, out of all of those other teams, the Bulls, Washington, and who was the other team again? The Bulls, Washington, the, the Knicks. And the Wizards. Yeah, the, the Wizards. I just think Miami 
has the talent and Miami will grind. I think the Knicks will grind. But the Knicks seem to struggle for some reason at the end of the games. Because they were so tired from Thibodeau playing them from so many minutes. I, 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 I think they, they struggle at, in, at the ends of the games. You know, even though they are five and one, you know, they've had some tough wins. When that, I say tough wins, they haven't, they, they haven't been like, it's always good to win ugly. It's always good to win when you probably shouldn't win. But the but the Knicks have had a couple wins. You thought they could have very easily have lost those games. Like the, the season opener they had against the Celtics, they're up 10 with a minute and a half left. How yes. on earth did that go to? Like I was watching it with a minute and a half. I was like, all right, cool. This game's done. We're starting the season with an L. Then it's overtime. And I'm looking at, how the right. hell are you letting Grant Williams hit back-to-back threes? Grant Williams. So yeah. I hear what you're saying about the Knicks. And also, you know, like you say, it's, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. The minute situation with the way that Thibodeau makes his rotations is great and it works. But considering the last two seasons, as you alluded to before, how tired those legs are going to be, especially the Julius Randles of the world. Now, they got more depth, you know, Fournier and T. Rose and Kevin Walker, some sort of veterans and the young guys. Very yes. impressed with RJ Barrett. Emmanuel quickly yes. looking very, very good in his second season. I like what I'm seeing from them. But... Are they going to be able to maintain it? Do you see the Knicks as potentially starting the playoffs with a home court advantage? I could I could see that because I think the Knicks are... It's one thing I'm going to say about this Knicks team. They're going to force you to beat them. They're going to play hard and they're going to force you to beat them. Now, once the other team plays at the same pace as the Knicks, now you get into the talent. And right now, R.J. Baird whom you know I picked is going to be the most improved player this year. And he had a huge monster game against the New Orleans Pelicans. He has 35 points, I think eight rebounds, six mm-hmm. assists mm-hmm. or something. I think R.J. Barrett, if he can be a 20-point scorer every single night in this league, I think it, it increases their chances of not only getting home court advantage, but advancing because they're going to need another player who can close the game besides that. We know Derrick Rose can do it, but right now this is Julius Randle's team. And as we've alluded to, they've had some trouble, especially early in the season, even though they're five and one, you know, we like to say in this league, winning covers a multitude of sins. Mm-hmm. So they're winning and everything right now is just getting kind of pushed to the side, but the, the way they're winning could very easily those could be losses. Yeah. And that's the difference in, in the season. So give them credit. I like how they play. They have incredible depth. I mean, Obi Toppin. Yes, sir. Quickly. You know, they have players. You know, Derek Rose is coming off the bench. You know, by the way, let's give a shout out to Kimber Walker. Kimber Walker has credit been very, very solid. Yeah, he's been very solid. So with the exception of how they're closing games, I like how they're playing. They really got this ball moving. They're playing unselfishly. But something is missing. And it's going to take a little time. And maybe it's just early in the season. Because I I like the Knicks. But I I want to see them have better execution in their in-game situations, especially, especially down the stretch. And that's the one thing, if there's anything for me to be picking about or picking with them, it's just their in-game execution at this point. I look at the Knicks and I see a team that's one piece away from winning the Eastern Conference. 
They get one all-star player added to that roster. They're nice for them. But we're talking about the Heat and the Knicks, and of course, we're about to talk about the Bulls. BJ, it's like the 1990s are back in town. They're not calling the bogus fouls as well. Trey Young struggling, James Harden struggling. It's the 90s are back. Is that what we're saying? We're going to have to see you in a uniform real soon hitting the court because the 90s are back in town right now. Let's talk about your former team, the Chicago Bulls. I love what I've seen from them. They've been, the Knicks and the Heat and the Wizards, obviously they've won, they're all five and one. But for me, out of those teams, I also do want to give a shout out to the Charlotte Hornets who are five and two. And Miles Bridges, who's taken a huge step up. And LaMelo Ball, who's certified superstar at this stage. Not even a young superstar anymore. But the Chicago Bulls, for me, have been the most exciting team to watch. I've enjoyed watching them the most so far this season. Just the transition play, the offense that they're running. And then defensively, even I had concerns about their defense coming into the season. But, you know, Lonzo, Caruso have been great at guarding that perimeter, denying that penetration. So even though Vucevic isn't the best defender in the world on the inside... They're still getting it done on defense. What have you seen from the Chicago Bulls so far? Well, the Chicago Bulls, in particular on the wing with with DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, they've been terrific. I mean, they're both averaging over 20 points a game. You have Lonzo Ball, who has really been an excellent facilitator, doing the things that a point guard does in this league. And you can see the impact of guard play. When you have good guard play, especially now in the NBA, that's the quickest way to improve your team. So let's, let's, let's start there and give Lonzo Ball a lot of credit. Caruso has been, a, has been a nice addition to this ball club. Caruso has come in defensively. I think he's given them an identity, especially guys coming off the bench. And he's played very well, not only on the defensive end, but offensively, he's been shooting the ball well. And, and Booch, Booch has been Booch. Pick and pop. I mean, he's he's the king right now of the pick and pop game. Cleaning the glass game. as well. Yeah, he's 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 playing well. Now, the, the one thing that I'm concerned is their depth. You know, really past Caruso, they're not really going eight, nine, ten deep at this point. Especially with Patrick Williams now being out for the season. A, a, exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. Patrick Williams going out is going to really hurt them because you need depth in this league now if you're going to be a good team through the course of an 82-game schedule. However, they've been playing well. Zach Levine does have something going on with his thumb that's going to require surgery. At least that's been their early reports, but he's playing through it. So I like their record. I like what they're doing. They're much improved, but I think their depth, and, and I want to see what's going to happen as the game gets more physical, as you alluded to. The game is beginning to get more and more physical, and I think the players will adjust. The thing I'm most interested in is when is the defense going to adjust? We're talking about everything on the offensive end of players not getting calls, but when are we going to start seeing these defenses take advantage of how physical the referees are allowing these players to play? That's what I'm most excited about. You know, now you're talking my language when you can get in and really guard somebody. Because that to me, that to me is what is the difference between this generation and the previous generation. The defense has just as much opportunity to defend as the offense has of getting fouls. And that to me is what you're seeing with these players. Trey Young, you're seeing with James Harden and all of these guys is offensively, they had an advantage. Now we've leveled the playing field 
and like players do, they will adjust. So I'm going to give James Harden time to adjust. He will figure it out because he's too talented of a player not to. I mean, I kind of feel bad for James Harden in particular because he is the poster boy of this. And there are a lot of calls. Like, I get him not getting the calls that he used to get, but there are now a lot of calls that he should be getting because they're clear fouls. But the refs are just now not giving well, him any calls because okay. he's the poster boy for this whole thing. Let's, okay, let's stop right there. We, we have a theme in this league where there's an imaginary line that everyone is entitled to, the defensive player and the offensive player. James Harden has done a masterful job of really blurring that line because as an offensive player, he's always initiating the contact. Yeah. Okay. And the referees now... I think they've had time enough to observe this, watch this, referee this, and they've all come up to the same conclusion that James Harden is the one initiating the contact. Now, we've become accustomed to him getting those calls. But truthfully speaking, those should have been then and now no calls. They should have been no calls. I hate and James Harden, give him credit. He that's what great players do. They take the rules and they know how to bend them. He didn't break the rules, he didn't do anything wrong. He's just, I mean, James Harden, you know, Steph Curry, these guys, they jump into you and Trey Young, those guys are masterful offensive players. But I think the competition committee has done an incredible job of doing the following. Let's level the playing field now. I'm here for and it. Give the, defense, give the defense at least an opportunity to defend. We are watching the NBA now, kind of, I think a lot of people picked up on it during the Olympics. Uh, the, the, I call them the bogus calls that players would be getting last season and the season before. And, you know, pump fake, defenders in the air, so I'm going to hit into him and then fling the ball towards the basket and pretend like I was shooting. But that does mean we retrospectively should go back and take away like 4,000 career points from Dwayne Wade because he really was the <laughs> pioneer for, for this throughout his career. But now let's talk about the Western Conference now. Um, there's two teams, five and one. Um, first of all, is this the first season that the Eastern Conference is better than the Western Conference? Since when was the last time? Yeah, you know, Mo, that, that's an interesting thought. I, I think... Utah winning the Western Conference last year and not advancing, I think is probably, it's in everyone's back of their mind right now. You know, it's like Utah, they are winning. I mean, they've had a, a terrific road, uh, road victories. They, lo they lost to, I think they lost to Chicago last week, but they go in and beat Milwaukee. But I'm not buying their postseason play. Mm -hmm. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying yet what the Lakers are really going to do, even though on paper it looks great. I still am going to pick, you know, the Phoenix Suns. I think they have the depth. I think they are the team over there in the Western Conference. And I think the star power now, especially with the emergence of Trey Young, I think kind of 
tips the scale a little bit for the Eastern Conference because the Dallas Mavericks, I'm a little disappointed in them. We haven't spoken much about them. You know, Luka Doncic, I keep waiting. I thought this was the season he was really going to come off of. He had a, a amazing, he had an amazing uh, Olympics. I thought he was just going to, that was just going to follow him right into the season. But something seems to be going on down there. He doesn't look in like, you know, maybe that's just his body type, but he doesn't look in amazing shape to me. Uh, he's never looked and in I, amazing shape, though. He's, yeah. He's yeah. never looked in amazing shape. My thing with the Dallas Mavericks, right? The reason why they don't get a lot of talk. What did they do in the offseason to improve? Reggie Bullock. Is, is, is that it? Like, what have they done to improve their roster? Yeah. Well, I think the, the, I think the one thing that needs to happen, because I picked Luka Doncic this year to win MVP. Mm. I picked him to win the MVP this year. Based on just the following that he was so good in the international, in the Olympics, I thought, oh, that's just got to carry over. I think it starts and stops with him. If we can get him in the type of, need to build around him because he always seems to me to be playing to get in shape mm. he's he always seems to be playing to get in shape he never looks in shape to me I, and I, that's what i see I, I don't see that as the like luca even not looking in shape is still going to give you a near triple double almost every night of the season right I, I, those are the stats but, 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 no, no. that's it but can i just say this real quick and then i'm going to turn it over to you Mm. Those are the stats. Yeah. He's going to get a triple double regardless. Okay, okay. He could be he he's going to get a triple double, but that's not winning basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hear me on this. Let's look at let's take Luke off the table. Let's look at the rest of this Mavericks team. The rest of the Mavericks team isn't good enough to compete. Because what have they got? It's like like Yanis could be as great as he is. Okay. But until Drew Holiday got there to help him. He was never getting to the finals, no matter how great Giannis was. LeBron James, as great as LeBron James is, was never winning a championship till he got some help. In this NBA, you need help to win. And this Mavericks team, I agree with that. who's their second best player? Tim Hardaway Jr. Okay, but here's my question. If your best player, okay, let me go back even further. You're only as good as your best player. If your best player isn't in top condition, regardless of his, Luka Doncic is a, an, an amazing offensive player. Luka Doncic is going to be 50 years old and probably he get 20 points in an NBA game, whether he's in shape or not in shape. He's just that gifted. <laughs> That's just a fact. I hate. I mean, he's a, he's a, I mean, the guy makes a half court jump shot and shot it like it was nothing in, in the last game. I mean, he just does things offensively. But if you're going to win in this league, Mo, yeah, you have to defend. And if your best player doesn't defend and give like you talk about with Giannis, Giannis gives a maximum effort. So what is the identity of, a, of the player? Because here's the hard thing to do, Mo, and someday you're going to be a GM. It's very hard to build a team when your best player can't give multiple efforts on the defensive end. And that requires you to be in shape. 
I, I haven't said anything about him, what he's doing on the offensive end. If he can't give multiple efforts on the defensive end, what type of team are you going to have when you your best player can't give you the effort necessary? It's one, it's two things that's required by every player that steps on the floor. He has to give you energy and he has to give you effort every night. Luca can score because he's going to have the ball in his hand 99% of the time. <laughs> Let's just be honest. He should score 25. The guy is getting 70 possessions every game. <laughs> With the he has an ultra green light. Okay. The guy pulls up from half court and no one blinks. Yeah. But what else is he okay. going to do? Give it to Pozigas. Okay. What is he going to do? I've sat here and I've watched Pozigas, who's seven foot tall, post up against guys who are six foot four and be overwhelmed. If okay. I was Luca, I wouldn't be trying on defense either because I'm carrying the whole offense. Every single but, night of the week for 35 minutes a game. I, I got it. But you and I know that offense is not going to win in this league. But this team is not going to win in this league because this team is not good enough. Because we can't build an identity. You don't build a, an identity. We've already seen the Mike D'Antoni experiment now for how long? Yeah. How long, how long are we going to keep I, I saying we can't just outscore people? If we're going to win in this league, your best player has to be a respectable. I'm not saying a great defender. He has to be respectable. And that means he has to give you the effort and the energy necessary to win in this league. Because okay. if you don't do that, there, there's no way for you to win. Okay. There's no way but, for you to win. But Luka Doncic is Luka Doncic, right? He is who he is. He's okay. been this way. And you know Luka Doncic is not going to turn down, turn into a lockdown defender, right? So if if you, I'm in charge of the Mavericks, I'm looking at the team and I'm thinking... Dirk Nowitzki wasn't a lockdown ex Exactly, defense. exactly. But the team that won a championship around him, you had Tyson Chandler, okay. who was one of the best rim protectors in the league. Okay. You had Sean Marion, who could lock down okay. anyone. You had a bunch of gritty guys around him that could play okay. defense with the best of them. Look okay. at this Mavericks roster and name the what Dorian Finney-Smith is is their best defender. Is, is because Luca Luca isn't ready yet to handle that responsibility. They know that Luca isn't ready. It takes time for your best player to say, "Okay, are are you, are you done scoring thirty a night?" I mean, I, I watched the guy score thirty-seven points one night. <laughs> You done with that? You you done with that? Okay, we'll we'll wait when you're done doing the the, the high wire act. Oh, every, everyone needs help. Okay, here's the help. There's a loose ball. Is Luca ready to get that loose ball yet? Okay, I hear. You. I hear is what you're Luca saying. Ready to is Luca is Luca ready to defend? I don't care what position he defends. Are you going to defend the ones? Because you play the one. See, the problem with, with Luka is, is, is the following. And you have to be very careful with the player. Just like with LeBron James, just like building a team around Michael Jordan. These wing players are tricky when you start building a team around them because they handle the ball so much. So, our, so with LeBron James, what's the first thing we say with LeBron? Oh, we, need, we, gotta put, we have to put shooters around him. Well, why'd you get Russell Westbrook there if that's the case? If we know the formula... So LeBron James, Michael Jordan, there's a reason they put Steve Kerr and Craig Hodges and John Paxson around him. There's a reason they keep putting these shooters around LeBron James. 
Luca, before we can start building a team and making a long-term commitment financially, let's figure out which position you can defend. Because I, if you ask me right now, I don't know which one. Is he going to defend Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, John Morant? Or is he going to start defending all of the twos? Or is he going to start defending all of the threes? Or is he going to start defending the fours? I don't care which one he picks, but whichever one he picks on the defensive end will determine how we will build this team out because you have to commit to the Tyson Chandlers, to the Sean Marions, to the Jason Kidd when he was a player to say, we're going to build around the guy and start winning. We know he can, there's nobody can stop the guy. But until you commit, until he commits, and this is a this is a Luca, and I've been I've been saying this for years. Luca, just tell me which position you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna defend, and then I can do the rest. I hear it. That's it. I, I hear it. But at the same time, if Luca turned around tomorrow and was diving for every loose ball, and he said, "All right, I'm gonna defend the three, and he, he started playing defense all the three. Okay. The rest of the roster is still the rest of the roster. Christos Porzingis still stinks. Let's just call it what it is, because he's not guarding anyone. You could only put him well, on fours or fives, and he can't guard any of them. I could, if 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 I my best player, if my best player, you know, says and locks down and said, "This is what I'm going to be," then I can figure out Porzingis. Okay, and what can I do with Porzingis? Porzingis is the following player. Every championship caliber team, you got to have a player on your team that can guard the other team's best offensive player, especially in the interior. Mm -hmm. Christoph Porzingis will never be that player. <laughs> okay. Why, why do I say that? And this is no, this isn't a knock against him because I happen to like Porzingis, but if I, if you're telling me right now, Porzingis has the physical capability, he doesn't have the size or he doesn't have the he doesn't have the lower body strength to maintain the physicality of the game in the low post. That's mm -hmm. a fact. Mm -hmm. That's a fact. I don't care how much strong he gets. He's too. He's cut too tall. His legs. He doesn't have the leverage to get he up under. His and center squat. of gravity. Is, his gravity. center of gravity okay. is too high. So if we know if if Luca tells me whatever position he's going to defend. I can then begin to assess like they did with Dirk Nowinski and say, okay, Dirk, you are never going to have the, the responsibility of guarding the other team's best interior player. That's Tyson Chandler's responsibility. And then if the guy, if they go small, we'll put you on the, the lesser of the two and put Sean Marion at the four. So Christoph Porzingis, all I have to do is line him up next to a guy who is capable of playing against all the other teams, fours and fives, whoever's the best interior player, so that Porzingis can do what he does, just but, roam around the court and be seven four seven five. But, but that's going to start with Luka Doncic first. My, but my problem with Porzingis the other is, way is, is he's not offering you the offense anything close to what Donovan is offering you. Well, but, but, because he's an offensive player. Some players are offensive players. But he, but he, go ahead. He, he's not getting you a bucket the same way Dirk's getting you a bucket. Chris Asposing is at I, this I, point is basically I'm, Andrea Bargnani. I'm, 
you're asking him to do something he's not capable of doing. He, he's not going to be able to carry a team. Why? Because he doesn't have the body type to no, do th that. This is what I'm saying. Is what I'm saying is you're talking about hiding him on the defensive end. For me, it's just not. No, no, I'm it. not saying hiding him. No, I'm not saying hide him. He he should be a shot blocker. He should be a problem on the defensive end. He's, he's not, and he won't be. <laughs> but no, because we're asking him to do something that he can't do, which is guard the other team's best interior player. He can't. He Nurkic, Jokic. Joel Embiid, he should not be playing against those players. Dwight Howard, he shouldn't be playing. He doesn't have the physical body type to do that. What's the point of having a 7'4 guy who can move like he can move if you're just going to stick him as a 5 or a 4? Okay? I'm watching Evan Mobley right now. I watched mm -hmm. Evan Mobley the other night. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now, when you say a unicorn, mm -hmm. that's a unicorn. Guarding on the and perimeter. we're not talking about guarding on okay, the inside. I watch, I watch Evelyn Mobley at 7-7-1. Seven, seven, he starts off as a three. He's guarding LeBron James. He slides over and guards Anthony Davis. He slides over and guards Carmelo Anthony. He slides on a switch and roll, pick and rolls and switches and all these things. He's guarding Russell Westbrook. And I thought, wow, this guy is only supposed to be a sophomore in college? Mm-hmm. He's legit. Now, What's the point of having Porzingis if I'm not going to move him around the floor and allow him to do whatever a guy with versatility is supposed to do? But if I just ask Evan Mobley to guard Dwight Howard for 48 minutes or 36 plus minutes or and DeAndre Jordan, that's not taking advantage of his true versatility. Now, he doesn't have the body type, but what he does have is the versatility to move around the court because i thought wow i was like okay that just gives you different looks i mean he he was a very disruptive player on the floor just because he was moving around i'm not saying porzingis can do that on the defensive end but what i am saying is i know there's a matchup every game that i can find for porzingis whether it's at the three the four or the five because porzingis is some type of athlete he may not be the defensive player that Mobley, he may not be the defensive player, Rudy Gobert or, or Giannis, but he can do something. If you put Porzingis on the basketball court, the opposition team will go at it. They'll find a way to get him switched onto a guard and he'll get cooked. But, you know, he, he is what he is. But I want to talk about a different right. team in, in the Western Conference. You talk about Utah, they're going to have a great regular season. And once again, I don't think they'll get it done in the playoffs because they're the Utah Jazz, and they pay Rudy Gobert a Supermax contract. Cool. I want to talk <laughs> about the Denver Nuggets, because I made a video That's for the water. I made a video for the NBA recently. Uh, they said, the NBA came to me and they said, Mo, we want a quick video from you. We want 10 hot takes to start the season with. And one of my hot takes that I gave them was that the Denver Nuggets, because I read a report that Jamal Murray could actually come back before the playoffs. So mm -hmm. my take is the Denver Nuggets will win the Western Conference. No. Why not? Jokic is still playing as well as he did last year when he won the MVP, even though he's not getting any MVP talk. Aaron Gordon is only going to get better as he integrates more with his team. Michael Porter Jr. is only going to get more consistent. And then if you get Jamal Murray back before the playoffs, he can get some legs under him going into the postseason. Why not? 
Here's always been my concern with the Denver Nuggets. You know I love bigs. You mm-hmm. know I, I I love bigs. Jokic, Embiid, Gobert. I, I, I love bigs. Athletes are going to always bother the Denver Nuggets, especially Jokic. Jokic is not a rim protector at the basket, and you can't switch with him. And that's always going to be a problem for them. Jamal Murray, when guys start coming back from ACLs, I'm never concerned about them on the offensive end, but I'm always concerned about them on the defensive end because that takes time to react. You don't just come back from an ACL, drop a guy off and go, okay, he's back. No, that's not how that works. Jamal Murray and, and Jokic, in particular, I think there's a glaring weakness when I game plan versus them, which is I'm going to take advantage of Jokic's foot speed, especially against screen roll. That's always for the opposition. Now, Jokic is good enough to beat the mediocre to bad teams in the NBA. When I say mediocre to bad teams, the teams that don't have over 500 records, not bad players, just bad teams. But as you begin to play in the playoffs, you're going to see that level of athlete. You're going to see the LeBron James. You're going to see the John Morant. You're going to see the Steph Curry's. And you're going to see that in screen roll. And to me, that's going to be a glaring weakness because you have to play Jokic 40 plus minutes. And I'm going to exploit that matchup every single time. This is why I thought getting to Joe McGee last year was a huge bonus for them because you could not hide Jokic, you could have an aspect in something that he physically can't do, which is rim protect. But they chose not to play JaVale McGee. So rim protection is, a, is critical if you're going to advance. You have to defend screen roll if you're going to advance, and you have to be able to play against the athletes. Now, Aaron Gordon is an athlete. I think Aaron Gordon was a significant upgrade for them. Okay. Yep. I think they have Jamal Murray. Listen, Jamal Murray can more than less hold his own. As George Gervin would say, my best defense is my offense. If, if, if Damian Lillard scores 40, Jamal Murray is capable of having 36 to 45 himself. Mm -hmm. So that will balance itself out, but you have to have someone that can rim protect because that's always going to be an issue, especially as you begin to advance in the playoffs. It's critical that you have that. Uh, Giannis back there. DeAndre uh, Ayton last year. Ayton last year. You know, Brooke Lopez. You got to have that guy back there who can defend against screen roll and be able to rim protect. Preferably, you want to have both, but you got to have one or the other. We're going to have to hope that Bow Bow can make a leap for the Denver Nuggets. (laughs) (laughs) We got to hope that that Coach Malone would have the confidence to put in Bol Bol because Bol Bol is a problem. Yeah. Bol Bol is a Bol Bol. There was a lineup last year that I loved when I saw for Denver. Uh-huh. They had JaVale McGee, uh-huh. Jokic, had, and Bol Bol. They had all seven. And I thought. The tallest thought, lineup ever. Wow. And then they had Aaron Gordon out there. I thought, oh, wow. They, they, could, they could just play Zoom. But it seemed not to work, you know, because Jokic basically, look, Jokic, I love him. And there's no perfect player. 
Okay, we've seen a couple get gotten close to perfection, but Jokic is more or less a a point center of some sort. Yep, he can initiate an offense, but why not have rim protectors, especially in today's game, and just switch everything with Jokic because Jokic is a luxury that I don't think another team in the league has, especially at the five position. I feel you. I feel you. I'm I'm kind of more confident on Denver than I think a lot of people. Um, but then the other team that we should talk about that is five and one. Seeing as this episode, we're going through all the teams that are currently sitting atop of the standings. And I'm interested to see how much this will change by this time next week. The Golden State Warriors have started hot. Yes. We spoke about them a little bit on Heat Yes. Check, but the Golden State Warriors, how are we feeling about them? Well, they, they are kind of under the radar. No one's really talking about the Warriors. And I know they're feeling good about themselves. You know, if there's one thing about the Warriors that's of concern to me is, you know, it's so when we, when my family and I watch Steph Curry, it just brings a smile to your face. It's like, he's fun to watch. He makes incredible plays. He makes the team better. He does all of the things that, you know, like, like he, 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 like, He's, he, he like catches my imagination. Like, I was like, God, I wish I could shoot like that. Like you, he'll make a shot. You go, wow, how did he do that? Yep. And he, he really, he, he just, he's a fun player to watch. Now, the thing about him, which I think Steve Kerr, and I give him credit for having the discipline to do, is Steve Kerr just doesn't wear him out. Steve Kerr, like, and it's hard sometimes because Steph Curry I watched a guy the other night. He makes his first 10 shots or something. <laughs> Human I mean, video game. He's yeah, video he's just game, like, though. yeah, he, he makes his first 10 shots. And Steve Kerr is sub- substituting him out of the game. And I'm thinking, well, you got to just let this guy go. Because mm-hmm. I just wanted to see, could he make 11? Could he make 12? He but Steve 20. takes him out. And Steve has the discipline. And that's why he's the head coach. And I'm here on the podcast because Steve understands the following. I'm riding, I'm riding him. I'm, I'm just going to ride him because the guy, he loves to play. He's fun to play. And he, the other team, clearly they have the game plan for him in such a way that he creates space for all the other guys. On the, I don't know if the other guys are as good as they look, but playing with Steph, they look good because you got three guys guarding him every single time down. Yep. So I, I, I think the Warriors are going to be a middle of the road team because at some point that's a, those are a lot of minutes on Steph and Steph is, you know, he's at that age now, what is he? 30 something, 31, 32. And he's never been the most durable player throughout his career anyway. You know what I mean? He's he's 33 now. So, so throughout his career, he's not really been durable. And that's what I was saying on, on heat check last week about clay would come in and take the tough defensive assignments you know, if they're going into a playoff series against against Portland, Clay will take Dame Lillard. Or if they're going in against, well, you know, whoever, he'll take the tougher assignments, and that way Steph can be free to not not play defense, but you know, have an easier time on defense, and then just focus on the creation on yes, offense. I, I I agree with all of that. Again, Clay is coming back from not one but two major injuries. Yeah, for real. And this is what we, you know, and that's how we started this discussion with, with, with Luka Doncic. Yeah. Luka Doncic needs that same freedom as Steph. So that if Luka Doncic can have the same impact as a Steph Curry on winning, 
then you can build the team out around him. So where you can say Clay Thompson, but I don't think Clay is going to come back defensively like we all think. You no. know, the guy is coming back from an ACL and an Achilles. Yeesh. So I'm just hoping for him, for Clay to come back and show glimpses of Clay and say next season and get excited about next season for Clay on the defensive end. Because once you've had an injury, you know, I've had knee surgeries. I've had like six or seven of them, right? Fortunately, I've never had an ACL. But you, you, you just feel off balance. Man. I don't know if you've ever had a knee surgery. Yep. You feel off balance. Yep. Yep. And, and when you start having these lower ex- extremities, you know, when you start getting to these lower leg, you know, um, injuries, you know, especially your ankles, you know, in this case, we're talking about his Achilles, his knee. Yeah. It takes some time to get back. That's so, what I was going to say as well, is if it's not fully ready to come back, it puts pressure on the, the rest of whether it be your ankle or whatever it is, it can lead to more lingering injuries. As, yeah, as you play, yeah. The you more know, you play, you know, Mo. I, I always like to tell the story when I knew it was time for me to retire. I was backpedaling. I, I had just made a shot, and I was, you know, I was feeling good. I'm, I'm playing uh, in the game. I made a shot. I don't know, maybe it's a three or something. And I'm backpedaling, and there was this guy with number three. His name was Allen Iverson, right? You may have heard of the guy. <laughs> he was coming at me so fast, Mo, <laughs> that I thought. Either this guy has speed I've never seen before or something is going on in the, in the water here in Philadelphia. <laughs> okay. Now, and the reason I'm saying that is because I know Clay is working hard. I know he's doing everything the, the PT are asking him to do. But what's going to happen the first time he sees John Morant coming at him full speed? I knew, I knew this was what you were going to say. Because that, his, because John Morant, there is no physical therapy that's gonna get you ready for that. <laughs> okay, he's and, been going uh, crazy, John. Yeah, Morant. he, you know, and um, so well, let's hope let's get Clay back on the floor. I know he's exciting. I love his tribute for his Halloween uh, costume was Larry Bird, Larry Legend, in the, in, in the in the tight tight short. So let's get him back on the floor, and uh, we'll we'll go from there. Yes, yes, I'm excited to see the Warriors as the season progresses. BJ, what we'll wrap this up with is what we're going to do each week is we're not going to do a ladder for MVP, but who is your player of the season so far? Tell the people, because I know what you're the about player, to say. Uh, the player of the season so far is what I call must-see TV. Mm. You Tell them what, what you told me. Tell them what you told me last week. Ja Morant is without question. I think the question was, is he a top three point guard in the league? Right? And, and, what, did, and the, what did you say? And what did you say? He's, he's the best point guard in the league. Now, I said that, Mo, but that was before the season. Mo, we have a lot of scoring and lead guards. But when you say someone who can facilitate, distribute the basketball, manage the game, and do all the things that a traditional point guard would do in years past, the, 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 the position has changed now. John Morant, he's the best. He's the best. This guy has all of the intangibles. And we talk about, Mo, we talk about roster. John Morant is making a run at the playoffs 
every year with the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Let me let me tell Just you. You know, I don't know if you guys listening to this watch my show on Snapchat every Saturday. If you watch my show on Snapchat, you would have heard me say all this. But Ja Moran, think about it, just two years ago, he was Rookie of the Year. And now he's here putting up, what, 35 points a night? And you got to think about, like, the Grizzlies last year, no one was averaging over 20. And, the, and then they lost Valanciunas, who is the, one of their top three scorers. He's gone to the Pelicans. They replaced him with Steven Adams, who don't really score. They've got Eric Bledsoe. You guys know my thoughts on Eric Bledsoe. And Dylan Brooks is still out injured. So Jarrett has been carrying a team. The most impressive part for me is the fact that Jar shooting over 40% from behind the arc. Because that was never his strong suit coming into the league. He was only shooting 30% last year. Now, I know it's early and it's a small sample size, but he's taking a much better shot selection. Last year, the Grizzlies were taking so many floaters in the mid-range and the inside. Out of his first 70 shots that he took this season so far, only two of them weren't three-pointers or in the paint. He's being way more selective with his, you know, the shots that he's taking rather than the leaners and the floaters, the runners that he used to take in the mid-range. He's getting to the hoop, being aggressive, really driving on the inside, or he's absolutely lights out from three so far this season. Usage rate has gone up naturally to facilitate scoring. But for me, the bit that stands out, as you said, about being a point guard is eight assists a night, I think is what he's averaging right now. He's doing it all. And he's doing it in the most exciting way. Because he's, you can guarantee there's going to be at least one viral highlight every single time he steps on the court. <laughs> so, Jamaran, I'm with you so far. That's been my standout player also. We'll keep it going throughout the week. You guys, let us know. Tweet us. Let us know who your players are. Jimmy Butler does deserve a shout. We didn't mention him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy Butler he does. deserves a Jimmy shout. Jimmy Butler. Rudy Gobert, just one player of the week. Although, you guys know my thoughts and feelings on that whole situation. So, that is that. If you think he's up there with the best, then that's cool. Um, but this is still the regular season, so I get why you're saying that. Um, but we're going to keep that going. BJ, once again, thank you for Mo, being here. I got one thing. I got one thing. Talk to me. Talk for to the me. fans. Talk to me. Can you and I, for the fans, we want to mm. do this for the fans. Mm-hmm. Can When the Memphis Grizzly plays the Charlotte Hornets, can you and I? Yes. Can you and I do a watch along with the fans. I got because you. I want to see, I love highlights. And John Morant and LaMelo Ball, mm-hmm. that's going to be fun. That's uh-huh. going to be fun. Okay. I just want to see the highlights. 11th of November. It's coming at you next. Can week. we can we do a watch along, you and I, yep. and let the game talk? Let these young stars and these young players, because LaMelo Ball, he's another player that's, he plays a game. You know, normally when you see guys play are fancy like that, you know, you're saying that's, they're just doing that to, you know, a little showboating a little bit. But when I watch him play, he does it in a very respectful way. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like he just, you know, he does something fancy, but he needed to do that in order to, to get there. So John Morant, you know it's going to circle that. LaMelo Ball loves the, the bright lights. You know it's going to be up and down. And here's what I was say. And you know those two are going to guard each other. That's what I love about both of them. Mm-hmm. So can we circle that game, Mo? Can we somehow Wednesday with the fans? Wednesday the 10th of November. We're coming in special. Wednesday the 10th of November, 1 a.m. UK time. So it'll be Thursday morning. 
the Hornets play the Grizzlies. We'll be there. Hopefully you guys will be too. We'll do a live stream on Twitch because if we don't do that game, then we've got to wait all the way until February the 13th. So no, we got to do that. Well, we got to do, do that. that game. Let's let's, let's, let's do play. that. Um, Wednesday the 10th is my birthday on the 9th. So as my birthday present from all you guys oh, listening, you already turned. You already turned the stream. Oh, we're gonna be lit from early. Don't worry about that. <laughs> we, we're gonna be lit. But I need all of you guys who are listening to this. My birthday present is be there live stream 1 a.m. I know it's late here in the UK, but you better be there because it's gonna be. Hey, 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 hey. We're going to call that Mo Money, Mo Money, Mo Money. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, shout to my guy, B- BJ, your boy, Isaiah Thomas. I was speaking to him the other day. Fix up the call. He says, is this Mo Money? Is this Mo Money on the line? <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Come on, man. That's your name. That's, Come on, man. That's how we do it. If you was here in the States, if you was in the States, that's what we would call you. I'm gonna be money, there soon. You know what I'm saying? I'm I know you the hoop genius over there. But here, it's <laughs> all more money. More <laughs> money. All right, say no more. BJ, thank you for joining once again. Thank you to everyone who's listened. We'll catch you guys next week. Make sure you subscribe, share with a friend. As I said at the start, we're on the way to number one in the podcast chart. So help us get there. Subscribe. If you're listening on Apple or even if you're listening anywhere else, go to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Five stars just like you would do in an Uber. So five stars on the review. Thank you very much. Once again, my people, big love, and make sure you get buckets.